Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to this episode of Sunday Messages. I received a couple of podcast submissions and they're both about relationship issues and so I figured that I would cluster them together. So here's the deal. I'm going to go ahead and read the questions. I might interject in a few places if I need to, but they're pretty long questions. So Let's just go ahead and get into this. They're sitting right in front of me. Let's do this. Okay, here's the first question. I don't want to get too attached to the story, but I feel like there needs some explaining. The last update I gave you was this boy called me his girlfriend and said, I love you. It was going so well. We were spending time together. Our relationship felt fun and easy and secure again. Hold on. I want to skip this part so it doesn't confuse the listeners. We got into an argument and I got this message from him. It says, I don't know what I'm supposed to say to you. I told you how I've always felt towards you, a friend and nothing more than that. Confusing and also not true. The arguments are more frequent now. We used to never fight. It was okay for a few weeks and then we got into another argument the other day and he said he's not dating me and I act like we're married. I haven't talked to him since then and part of me is afraid he's never going to talk to me again. I have a few thoughts about this. This is a clear-cut sign from God to be like, move on, it's time for something that could be better. I also feel like there's no fucking way I spent 10 years of my life with this man, and this is all I get. I feel like it's about to pop, and I'm about to get my happily ever after with the person I've always dreamt about being with. I understand I can't change him. I can only set better boundaries for myself. I don't know if I'm being stupid and delusional, but it's a lot to navigate. I'm not sure what my focus should be. I want him, but I want to be with him, and I want him to be nicer to me and love me the way I know I deserve to be loved. We've had a similar conversation before where it's like I have to decide. She's referring to me. She's referring to she and I had a conversation about needing to decide. But what I meant when I said that you need to decide, I mean decide to put your focus on what feels good. So this is the part about relationship creation or manifesting a specific person or whatever that people get really confused about. People think, I need to decide what I am going to do about this relationship and about this set of circumstances. No, you don't. The When I'm saying you need to decide on where to focus, the question is, does focusing on this person feel good or does it feel resistant and complicated? And do you have all of your history that is complicating your dream? The only factor, and this is true for everyone, it does not matter if someone is an asshole to you. The only thing that matters is, are you focusing on your desire and your dream and what you want and where you're going or not? And most of the time when it comes to relationship issues, people do not hold a focus on their desire long enough for them to get what they want from whom they want. And that's the only issue. It's not any more complicated than that. So I understand you think that I need all this detail, but really it's not, it's not as complicated as you think or feel it is. 
None of these details matter. It's are you focusing on what you want or not? No, then you need to focus on what you want. And it has nothing to do with him. It's just a matter of does it feel good to focus on him or does it feel bad to focus on him? I have another friend right now who, you know, for a while she kept asking me, can I manifest a specific person? And I'm like, yes, but it requires an extraordinary amount of mental discipline to do it. And if you're not mentally strong enough to do it, then focusing on a new relationship can feel easier. It can feel like an easier avenue. If you are not capable of dropping your history and you get constantly distracted by the 3D and you're constantly focusing on the situation at hand and you're worrying about patterns repeating and if all of that is clogging up the pipes and you cannot stay committed to what you want and only what you want, then this specific person is a distraction, not, it's not helpful. That's what this whole thing is about. It doesn't actually matter what body the dream relationship flows through to you. Your focus is what matters. So I just wanted to clarify that about what I meant by you have to decide if focusing on this relationship feels good or bad. That's what you're making a decision about. You're not, if if you start to think about the outcome rather than just fixating on what you want energetically, you will start to get confused because there's too much history. So I just wanted to clarify that. Okay, I'm continuing with the question now. Do I want him desperately? Yes. Do I want to be loved the way I deserve to be loved? Yes. I also want to do whatever God thinks is best. P.S. I'm loving church. And that makes me so extraordinarily happy. I'm very glad that you love church. Okay, let me tell a different version of what you just told me. Okay? And then I'll explain a bit more of what's going on. Dear Sydney, when I worked with you back in November, I got amazing results because I was following your instructions. And when I implemented your guidance, my relationship began to transform. When I was staying focused, I was getting what I wanted from this man. When I was listening and doing what you said, everything was going wonderfully because you give the best advice in the whole wide world. And then when things started to go well, thanks to your extraordinary advice, I was getting what I wanted and then I started to get lazy with my focus. Because I thought, good, I saw 1% improvement. I'm going to go ahead and take my foot off the gas pedal. So I stopped focusing. So the new belief system was not fully installed. And as soon as I got lazy, the old patterns started to resurface. So now I have the resurfacing of all my old belief systems going on. And now I'm seeing things in the 3D and now I'm buying into the 3D. I'm no longer staying up to speed with my desire and now I'm confused and lost and blah, 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 blah. 
Now, because you're in church, I know that you have likely done the mental mold tutorial that I have in there. One of the reasons why I call it mental mold is because thought systems and belief systems, your mental body is fungal in nature, which means once it gets going, it goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. It takes on a root system of its own and it will completely take over and the belief systems will evolve out of the original framework that you've laid down. So when I say they're fungal, I mean that in both directions. So when you're installing new beliefs, they're fungal in nature too. So when you're installing a beneficial belief system, when you're choosing more beneficial thoughts, when you're choosing and feeling for new perspectives and ways to view things and the thoughts to ingest that feel really good to you, over time, as you nurture them in the right environment and as you persist, they will become self-perpetuating so you won't have to be nearly as diligent as you do in the beginning. But when you are in the process of changing a belief system, so you're going from old shitty beliefs, old shitty thoughts, old ways of seeing things, You want to treat that belief system as if it's fungal. And if you're not familiar with how you would deal with something that's fungal, basically what that means is even when it looks like it's gone, don't stop. Even when you're starting to see a reduction in symptoms, don't stop. It's not gone. It's not gone. If you stop, it will come back. You did not kill the infection yet. You must persist. You cannot stop. So you really need to put this in perspective. You're telling me that this relationship dynamic has been going for 10 years. And after working with me for two weeks, can, it, can we just give me a round of applause for how fucking amazing I am? For someone having a persistent relationship dynamic for 10 years, works with me for two weeks and gets results. Let's give me a round of applause. Let's throw some flowers at me on stage. I am amazing. I am the best at what I do. Holy shit, I'm powerful. Okay, so that's how I feel about my own work in this moment. If you want to work with me, Graced is open right now. Money Magic opens on Tuesday and Apex is going to be coming up in the spring. So keep your eyes peeled. All of the links for all of those things will be in the show notes in case you are interested in getting a touch of my magic. Okay, so anyway, 10 years, two weeks. Once again, 10 years, 10 years of a fungal system that has been established. And then Of course it didn't hold. You should never, ever, ever under any circumstances expect that to be sufficient. It is something if you want to install a completely new way of experiencing reality, you must persist. And like I said, it does not have anything to do with him. He's irrelevant. 
I know that you might not feel that way, but what you were describing in this note is, I want him to love me in the way that I know I deserve to be loved. Okay, so the only way that that can happen is if you love yourself better than him. If you do not love yourself more than him, then that cannot occur because there's an energetic discrepancy between those two experiences. You cannot want him to love you. You have to say and fully mean it when you say it and embody this completely that I love myself more than you. I'm more important than you in terms of like what you're giving to yourself. I'm not saying this from this narcissistic superior perspective. I'm saying that your self-love has got to be dominant in the situation in order to evoke that. This is important because if that part is not stable, then you're either going to fall into your masculine energy and that's going to turn you into mommy or you're going to start overgiving and you're going to end up feeling used. And that is what happens for anyone who has a feminine core who falls into that habit, knocks the polarity all out of whack and it just it, it complicates things. So, if you truly want that love in the way that you say you do, then you have to be diligent with how you're treating yourself, how you're speaking to yourself, what you're embodying within yourself, so on and so forth. And you have to do all the things that I told you to do. I gave you the playbook when we worked together for two weeks and you saw how fast it can happen. But just because you see 1% movement does not mean that you stop. Because here is the other thing. Your relationship is going to continue expanding and evolving no matter who it's with. And the thing is, in every single relationship, the 3D is going to lag behind your vision and behind your desires. So your vision for the relationship is going to continue expanding and you're going to have to keep up with that. Your desires are going to keep expanding and you have to keep up with that even when you are not seeing them. Otherwise, it's going to cause a lot of fighting. In my opinion, I think that everyone would benefit from getting into a habit of either appreciating the person that you're with, focusing on your dreams, and realizing that the 3D is an old reflection of energetic patterns, beliefs, and thoughts that have concentrated from before and are now popping. So this is why when you are wanting to experience something new or different, you have to practice that. And there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff in the 3D that lags. So you have to focus long enough for it to fully pop. And understand that as your relationship expands, it's going to be that way forever. So the relationship that you're experiencing now is old energetic habits that have now concentrated to the point where they're in your face. And that's why it was so easy for that old belief system to come back up to the surface because that's energetically dominant still. So if you want something different, you have to make something else energetically dominant, which takes a lot of repetition and a lot of practice. And you have to stay committed to that and you can't take your foot off the gas pedal and under no circumstances can you be lazy with this if you truly are as desperate as you say. No excuses. 
at all. And again, like I'm saying, it doesn't matter if you use him as your point of focus or not. Focusing in a way that feels good, focusing on your dream relationship is the only thing that matters. So you don't need to get caught up in any of these details or any of this history and definitely don't tell that story about it's been so long and it's been 10 years and this, that, and the other thing. Never say that ever again. Just don't. Drop it. Forget about it. It's your focus now. That's the only thing that matters moment by moment by moment by moment. Am I telling an old story? Am I fighting with him in my head? Am I annoyed that you know, he wasn't being a good boy like he was for a while before. You know, it's like you've seen the way that you've been able to influence your experience. You've had so many manifestations since we've worked together. It's not even funny. So it's like you just can't stop. I see people do this with money all the time. It's like they'll focus for a minute. They'll get a drop of money. And then they get lazy and they revert back into old patterns and they stop doing the work. And so then the same pattern perpetuates when it's like, no, 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 don't stop. Don't stop. Keep going. If you actually want to change the pattern, it has to become dominant. And like I said, the reason why I call it mental mold, 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 fungal, fungal, fungal. Don't take the bait when you see the initial 1% improvement. Don't stop. Don't think you solved the problem. No, you didn't. That old belief system has deep, deep, deep roots that you cannot see. And if you stop, then they're going to come up to the surface again. That all of those old quote unquote symptoms in the 3D are going to resurface So you have to make sure that you are not prematurely stopping. And if you're asking yourself, Sydney, at what point do I stop or when do I stop? Well, my answer to that is your inner world, the the quality of thoughts, the quality of your inner dialogue is of the utmost importance. It's something that I don't think that any of us can afford to sacrifice. I don't think any of us can really afford to be lazy with that. I have more stories and thoughts on this and personal experiences that I don't want to include in this episode because I want to stay focused on these questions. But what I can tell you for myself is when I am not really maintaining my mental body well and when I am not doing the maintenance work when it comes to how are my thoughts doing? How are, you know, what is the quality of my inner world and how much resistance do I have day by day? And am I addressing it quickly? And am I correcting it quickly? When those things begin to fester, I pay for it. You know, it's like my mental health is what ultimately gets sacrificed in that. And so this doesn't even have anything to do with manifestations. It just has to do with You not willing to tolerate a shitty inner world. And I think that that's something that we all need to get into the habit of. Like, I I would argue that your inner world, the quality of your experience internally is the most important thing in your life because it affects your behavior and it it affects what you're telling yourself and the stories that you focus on and what 
you orient towards throughout your day? Do you orient optimistic or pessimistic? When he says something in that way, do you assume that he's stressed or do you take it personal and get defensive? It has, it has wide spread impacts to a degree that I can't fully convey in a podcast episode. So anyway, that is what I have to say about that. Do just continue doing what I originally advised and do not take your foot off the gas pedal and don't make it about him. Make your focus your dream relationship and your desires and your happily ever after. If you're focusing on him and it feels good, then fine. And just know that the part where you can surrender to God or like the part where God is involved in all of this is you not needing to stress about the outcome. That part's already done. The part that you are concerning yourself with is just what feels good to focus on now. Does it feel good to fantasize about this or am I activating the 10 years of bullshit that I've been dealing with? And that's the part that only you know. And this is why it's always different for everyone. I get asked about specific person manifestations sometimes. And the question really comes down to, one, do you have the mental discipline to treat the relationship like new in every moment? And again, I'm not this, if you're dealing with someone who's an addict or a, an abuser, I'm not talking to you. Ignore this conversation. But the second part of the equation is, does it feel good or bad to focus on your specific person? And that's the only thing that matters. Like when I was manifesting my specific person and I didn't really tell anyone that I was doing this, I was very hush-hush about everything. But when I would talk to people about relationship stuff and they would say something like, oh, him or someone better, and I wanted to like knock their teeth out because it would make me so unbelievably angry. At a certain point, I started trusting, okay, that is my guidance system telling me that God disagrees with that statement. So that's always the part that you're you're allowing your guidance to steer you in that way, but... It's different for everyone. It's always different for everyone. And what I can say is like manifesting a specific person is not the path for everyone. I'm not going to tell you what to do or not do in your reality, but those are the factors that matter most. Okay, let's get into this next question. And also, by the way, I just want to say this and acknowledge this. I know that my content is like, my voice has just been so intense lately. I'm going to share the story about my recent OCD episode. Like I had a really bad OCD flare up and I'm going to be recording a podcast about that and kind of unpacking some things. But coming out of that, I've just felt... (sighs) A surge of power is the best way that I can describe it. So anyway, more on that later, but I just wanted to acknowledge that I know I'm, I, 
should have given this podcast episode, you know, some Scoville points or like a Scoville rating. Okay. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into this next question. So this is a follow-up from the mystery illness episode. And where we left off with the last question was the person who submitted the question asking for guidance about the mystery illness had a partner who was contemplating leaving the relationship because of the mystery illness. So that's the context for this next question. Hi, Sydney. My partner officially broke up with me after a relationship of five years, even though we love each other so much. I'm dealing with health issues of six years, and he couldn't handle worrying about me and the unknown about when I'll be healed. And I understand that. I'm in a healing process now with hopefully good results in a few months. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, stop. I'm interjecting here. Did you not listen to the last episode I recorded for you? And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I warned you about this exact thing. So I'm I'm just confused because this is the exact thing that I advised against. And this is the number one trap for people with mystery illnesses is what you just said. So that's my first question. Did you listen? And if you did, why did you fall for this? Because I explicitly said the number one problem for people with mystery illnesses is doing this. Is saying, oh, here's another thing. And they kick the can down the road by saying healing happens later. Do you know what happens when you tell yourself, when you tell your body, maybe I'll get results in a few months. Your body says, okay, let's pump the brakes on the healing Cells, stop what you're doing. Let's not repair ourselves. Let's not get better. We need to stay sick for a while longer. We're not healing now, but maybe in a few months we can open up shop again. That's the command that you are issuing. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's like you're, you're essentially instructing your cells to stop what they're doing, to stop the healing process. Okay, anyway, let's proceed. Healing and dealing with a breakup makes it even harder. Well, no, what I said in the last episode, again, was that the relationship was a distraction from your healing. And what I mean by that is if he's with you, but he's on the fence, and then you're sitting in your mind ruminating about, oh my God, is he going to leave me? Is this going to work out? I'm so anxious. What if the relationship ends? What if it's over? I can't relax. Da, 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 da. If you're using that as a reason to be anxious, then the relationship is not helping. And I would argue that it's actually making it worse. And it's making it more difficult for you to do the internal work that needs to be done. And so no, the breakup does not make it harder. It makes it easier because he's out of your face. He's out of your field. And now you can actually, it's like you have bigger fish to fry. You know, and I mean, I know I'm being a bit rough with this, but I already addressed all of this. So no, use the breakup to your advantage because now you have no reason to get distracted. 
My mind still holds hope that we will come back together in relationship when I'm healed. He craves an equal partnership and so do I. I want to grow together. It feels like I've failed because I was never able to give him 100% in terms of energy and investment. What's your best piece of advice to deal with the situation? Go listen to the episode where I gave you all the answers and all the instructions. The most important thing that must be done in conjunction with any practical action is addressing your inner dialogue. Because here's the thing, I recorded that podcast episode for you months ago. And yet when you bring your question to me, you're talking as if you did not retain a single word I said. My whole point explaining things the way that I did is that someone in your position cannot afford to be sloppy with inner dialogue. You literally cannot afford it because it's your only weapon. At least this is the story that you have told me. So listen to what I'm hearing from you. Sydney, I've been dealing with this for six years. Western medicine has failed me. Eastern medicine has failed me. All medicinal alternatives have failed me. I cannot leave my house. I'm exhausted. I cannot work. I lost my relationship and I have no money. The only thing that you have left is your ability to think and tell stories. So to me, it seems as though you don't understand the gravity of the situation yet. And until you are in enough pain to change the story that you are telling and actively start carving out thoughts and stories that deviate from what you're experiencing. Because let me tell you, the one thing that you cannot do is repeat the miserable story to yourself. So no, I don't have any other advice because you only have one weapon. And it's the most important one. And this is why I said earlier, this is true for everyone. Like, I don't think it should be necessary for people to get dragged through the mud in order for them to get to the point where they finally start getting on board with the inner work and with the emotional work. I don't think things necessarily need to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. But be honest with yourself when you're looking back at what you've been doing for the past six years. Have you been dousing yourself in words of love and confidence and reassurance and soothing and kindness? Have you? Have you been optimistic? Have you been appreciating things? Have you been celebrating moments where you feel better? Have you been letting everything be evidence of your healing? Have you been putting your faith in God? Have you been generating energy around positive expectation? Have you been telling a better story? Have you been self-soothing? Like, I could not have been clearer in the last episode about how important this is. I am so serious because if you're telling me, Sydney, I have lost everything and I'm still not implementing your advice... Why are you asking for seconds? See, here's the thing that's causing a bit of confusion on my end, because when I'm reading your submissions, the way that I'm reading them is through the lens of this is a 911 urgent situation. And you're tapped out, you're at rock bottom, and you have no weapons left. 
So when I'm giving advice, it's with a sense of urgency. It's this needs to be done now. This needs to be implemented now. Like if you're wanting relief, this is something that needs to be treated as if your life depends on it. This is not something where I'm giving you whimsical advice. That's like, oh, just, you know, say a few nice things every once in a while. No, 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 no. Don't misunderstand me. I am talking about morning, noon, and night. This is your commitment. This is your full-time job. Because it's that serious and it's that urgent. But when I'm reading these submissions, I'm getting confused because it's like, I seem to be taking this with a greater sense of urgency than you. And that's bizarre to me because I'm not the one in pain. You are. So where I'm getting confused is my understanding was months ago when you messaged me, it was a dire situation. And I gave you specific advice that should have been implemented months ago. So what's going on? Why haven't you done it? Why haven't you implemented it? And the reason why I'm being harsh is, is this a serious situation or not? Because I'm treating this like it is serious. I'm treating this like you need to change right the fuck now. I want to back up for a moment and speak to everyone who's listening to the podcast, not just the person who asked the question. But when you have an area of your life or a persistent pattern or something that you desperately want to change where you're in pain and you know that there's something you need to be doing or you have tools and you're not doing them, do you understand that you are inviting more pressure? Because your soul is calling you, your higher self is calling you, God is calling you, your inner being is calling you and you're not moving. You know what you should be doing, but you're not going. So if you are allowing a separation to take place between you and where your higher self, God, inner being, whatever word you want to use for it is, the tension, meaning pain, will get greater and greater and greater. So every time you don't listen to where you're being called and you don't follow where you're being called and you're loaded to the gills. You are stuffed to the gills with tools and you are not using them. You've asked all these people for advice and you're not taking it. You have all these different things that you know you should be doing and you're not doing it. You're inviting pain because that's what that separation intention is. It doesn't need to be this way. This is optional. This is this difficult path is just a preference. So if you need a massive amount of pain and pressure in order to move, you can choose that. I don't care. It's not my life. I'm not living your life. You can do whatever you want. But just understand that that is what you're asking for. And I know so many people are like, I want more gentle lessons. I want things to be easier. I want things to go smoother. But you're not moving when you're guided. It's like you're receiving all this guidance and you're receiving all these tools and you're consuming all of this uplifting content. But then when it comes to your daily life, it's not being implemented. And the thing is, I have so many clients who are probably listening to this who are really, really good at executing and implementing and like, 
high five to all of you. But there's this other group of people who listen to me and do not implement. And the thing is, you can listen to one of my podcasts and get all gassed up or whatever, but you're the only one who can do the inner dialogue work. So in the context of this question, it's like, you can ask for advice morning, noon, and night, but I gave you all the advice you could need months ago and it's still not being done. Implementation is the issue. Or you just didn't think my advice was all that significant when it's the only thing that matters in this case. Anyway, that's all for now. Let this be a reminder to all of you, do not wait for tension to grow. Don't wait for greater pain. Don't wait for more and more suffering. Don't wait for things to get worse. Get ahead of this. Get ahead of it. Like, and I know that we all have experiences where we kind of fall out of practice and we fall out of balance and like we have to come back in and there's like course corrections that happen along the way, but it's like, my God, you guys do not wait for agonizing circumstances and painful situations in order to start making changes. Please don't. Don't wait. Do not waste your time because it's like your quality of life can dramatically improve with the slightest improvements, with the slightest tweaks in your daily life. Like, man, just so much pain is not as necessary. Like the, in terms of quantity, you know what I mean? Like intensity and quantity of pain that people are experiencing is so not necessary. It can be easier than this. So that's just what I want to say. Please get ahead of it. Get on your shit, even a little bit. It doesn't take much. Don't make it a huge, massive project in your mind. Like, let this be something that is easy. It it really does not take much. Just whether it's nervous system regulation or inner dialogue or simply getting outside every day, getting more light exposure. I mean, the smallest adjustments can make a huge difference. So please don't wait. I, I guess the message today is treat these things with a sense of urgency and do not allow your suffering to fester. This is something where you need to get better at regulating and self-soothing and being good to yourself. And this is true for everyone. So that is what I have for you today. I hope that this podcast has been helpful. And that's a wrap. I love you all. I will talk to you later. Have a beautiful rest of your week. And I will see you next time. Bye.